0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. While you're turning, turn with me to the book of uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. That's what I wanted to do. 2 Peter chapter 3 is where I want you to open your Bibles up to. While you're turning there though, I started something this past Wednesday for our church that is, is very important to me. And I want to ask you, if you're a part of Calvary Church, if this is your church home, I'm going to ask you to start trying to figure out a way on your schedule to join me on Wednesdays, at least for the next few weeks. I know some of your work schedules, it is brutal. But if there's a way you can be here for the next several weeks, I'm teaching something on Wednesday nights that that I feel will really help you if you would just be here For an hour and listen, I'm teaching something called godly living in an ungodly age. In an ungodly world. We're we're in the middle of an ungodly culture. And I want us to see as a church how we're supposed to live as believers in a messed up, jacked up, twisted world. Because here's the truth. You did not come to Jesus to continue living as he found you. When you came to Jesus, there should be a change in you that comes out in your lifestyle. Somebody say amen. So I want to help some of you on that. It's on Wednesday nights. And uh, I just started it this past Wednesday. So why don't you come be with me this Wednesday, and you'll be right on page with us. All right, inquiring minds want to know, we ask questions to learn. We ask a question to get an answer. We ask a question to gain some knowledge. So I thought, let's have fun this past Sunday, and I ask you some fun questions, right? Like, do vegetarians eat animal crackers? Because we all want to know. Inquiring minds want to know, do vegetarians eat animal crackers? <laughs> you know, That's some important stuff we need to get into our understanding. So today I'm going to ask you a few quick little opening questions just because I'm curious. Do bald men have dandruff? (laughs) Why are y'all looking around looking for a bald man? (laughs) Leave that brother alone. I'm just wondering, do bald people get there? How about this one? Uh, I'm just curious. I'm just asking, is eyebrows considered facial hair? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Are they? Do, do eyebrows facial hair? Just curious. Some of y'all, y'all couldn't laugh if I was up here standing on my head juggling. Y'all just determined not to laugh. But you know that's a funny question. Or, or what about... This one, as I close with my really bad jokes today. How about this one? Why is it that power outages are always reported on television? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Why are they going to report power outages on TV? Poor people don't know if it's... If 10 whistles are made out of 10, what are fog horns made out of? I'm just curious. All right, bow your heads. Let's dismiss you. You are now dumber for coming to church. <laughs> All right, inquiring minds want to know, part number three. We started out with asking, How can you help me with stress, Pastor Tommy? The first part of this series was on stress. I highly recommend you go back and listen to that because it applies to everybody. Every single one of us in this room, we deal with stress. And you need to know how to deal with it from a biblical point of view. So you can find that on our website or you can find that on our church app, Calvary FTW, through the app store, Calvary FTW. And you can listen to week number one on stress. Something else you could do is listen to week number two. It was a critical sermon last Sunday on how do I know God's will? How do I know God's will? Well, last Sunday I helped you with it and some of you are already starting to put that into practice and you're seeing that if you'll just look at it from a theological point of view, the sovereign will of God, the moral will of God, but then if you'll put it into a practical point of view and and follow those instructions that we taught last Sunday, you'll find yourself living in the sweet spot of God's will. And then the last thing you could do on your church app is open it up even now in this service and follow along with this week's sermon because my speaking notes are there on the church app Calvary FTW. You can find it there. Today, I'm gonna tackle the big boy question. There was 100,000 people surveyed asking them, if you could hear any topic discussed in a sermon, what would you like to hear about? And one of the top, top responses, are we living in the last days? This morning, I'm gonna help you understand, are we living in the last days? It doesn't matter if you're a Bible student or not. It doesn't matter if you carry a license to preach the gospel. All you have to do is Turn on your radio, your television, read a paper, or just listen at work. And I think all of us understand we're living in some strange times. Just last night, unfortunately, a bomb went off in New Jersey. Just last night, unfortunately, a bomb went off in New York. Just last night, unfortunately, a crazy man chose to stab multiple people in a shopping mall in Minnesota. That wasn't in 2011. That wasn't 2009. That wasn't just last month. It was last night. So while most of us were wrapping up a Saturday evening in Fort Worth, Texas, all of our friends up on the northeast coast and then in the Midwest, they were dealing with tragedy. We're living in strange, strange times from sickness that doesn't seem to be able to be cured to Wars and rumors of wars to earthquakes and other natural disasters. I believe it's safe to say, yes, we are living in the last days. Now, I'm also aware of this, that there's generations before me. They thought they were living in the last days. Then there were generations before them they thought they were living in the last days. A matter of fact, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 24, we see that the disciples face to face with Jesus even asked, are we living in the last days? Because they say, tell us when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of the end of age? Everybody wants to know when will Jesus return? Here's how the Bible addresses it. One out of every 30 verses in the Bible talks about the return of Jesus Christ or the end of time. 300 references are found in 216 chapters of the New Testament about the return of Christ. 23 out of the 27 books of the New Testament talk about the return of Christ. So there's a lot of information in this Bible concerning the return of Jesus Christ or the end of time. But there's one piece of information that's left out. And that is what everybody wants to know. The Bible does not give us a time when Jesus will return. Matter of fact, it goes on to say that no one, nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. No one will know the time that Jesus will return. But I don't think that that gives us a license to not care. I don't think that that bit of truth gives us a license to not study. Matter of fact, if you're someone that enjoys in time or last days type of study, I've got good news for you. Tonight at five o'clock, one of our small groups for this fall semester is end-time prophecy. There's a lot of people that really enjoy studying end-time material. I, for one, have studied the very material that's being taught, and it's really first class. It's well done But if you're someone that wants a little extra dose of today's sermon, a small group for you would be tonight at five o'clock right here on church campus over in the Blackstock Center. I think you would really enjoy it. It's a fun class to be a part of or a fun group to belong to. Let's move forward now. If we know that we know that we know that we don't know when Jesus is coming, then what can we learn about the last days? There's a lot. Turn with me to the text that I mentioned, 2nd Peter chapter number 3. And let's look at verse number 3. Pretty lengthy amount of scripture to be read, so hang in there with me. Knowing this first that there shall come in the last days. Everyone say last days. Last days. There's going to come some things in the last days, scoffers walking around after their own lust, saying where is this promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire. Against the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly men. Verses eight, nine, and ten are critical. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as of a thousand years, a thousand years as one day. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Here's a word of hope. Thank you, God, for this statement. But he is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We don't know when Jesus is returning, but we know that he is. And just like the generations before, They had to know that he was, you and I need to know that he is, and today I want to show you other pieces of the puzzle that we know concerning the end of time. Let's get started. Here's what you can see in your notes. The first thing that we know, we do know that people will be distracted with life. How do we know it's the end of time? How do we know that the the returning of the Lord is near? People are gonna be distracted with life. What is life? The ups and the downs. The ins and the outs. The ebbs and the flows. The good days, the bad days. The happy baby, the crying baby, the good meal, the oh, I shouldn't have eaten that meal. The vacation, the 60 hours work. Life. Daylight, dark. Mondays. Saturdays life people are going to be distracted in the end times we talked about week number one all of us in the room are stressed we're all at our wits end we're all running around with our heads cut off like a chicken just not even understanding where we're going half the time we're distracted with life hey do you have this kid going to band yeah but I've got this one going to soccer okay well meet at Chick-fil-a Too bad they're closed on Sunday. Distracted with life. What time is that meeting? I don't know. My phone just shut down. Oh no, I'm going to get fired. Distracted with life. It's time to preach. My iPad won't work. I have no idea where my sermon is. Get me a chocolate milkshake. Distracted (laughs) with life. Every single one of us have this measure. Everyone say a measure. We have this measure. We have this measure of time called life. And unfortunately, we're distracted in the here and the now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 says, but as the days of Noah were. Whoa, Pastor Tommy, you're gonna talk to me about the days of Noah? Yeah, because those days were different than our days, but the people are still the same. Before the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, what happened in the days of Noah? Verse number 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, what were they doing? Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until that day that Noah entered the ark. They knew not of the flood. Uh, They knew not until the flood came, rather, and took them all away. Took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In other words, we're all gonna be caught up doing what we do, trying to get nine holes in at the golf course, trying to get to Dillers before it closes, trying to get on the toll road and, and trying, to, trying to do this, trying to do that, fixing the leak at the plumbing in our home and trying to do this, trying to do that, balancing checkbooks, you name it, life is life is life and we're all gonna be so distracted with it and then... the coming of the Lord. This is not the kind of sermon that we get to laugh much. It's not the kind of sermon that we get to slap our knee and go, my God, the dude is hilarious. No. This is the kind of sermon that hopefully will wake each and every one of us up and we won't be the type of people that heard the hammer hitting the nail, building the ark, that heard the saws cutting the trees, and walked right by the ark just to be caught away in the flood. Because ladies and gentlemen, all around this room, we're full of all color of skin. We represent all different ages. Some married, some single, some home from college, some pastor in churches, others teaching school, others selling cars. We're all different. But at one point or the other, whether it be our death or whether it be the calling away of the church, the truth of the matter is I'm not concerned if we're living in the end of time or the last of days. The truth is you're living in your end time. You're living at the end of your days. Pastor Tommy, is this the end times? It's the end of time for us. Well, that's kind of dark, Pastor Tommy. It's not dark, it's reality. Life comes to an end for an eight-year-old every day life comes to an end for a 98 year old every now and then and somewhere in between life comes to an end if you're concerned about when jesus is coming you need to move on to another topic because you'll never know when he's coming you need to be concerned about what you do know and that is it's easy to get distracted here trying to get there you can't get so overwhelmed and, 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 and so consumed by the now that you overlook what's next. Here's what's so confusing for most of us in this room, because it's been a long time since you've thought about this. We think that we're natural people, flesh and bone, enjoying a spiritual moment on Sundays at 11. We've got it all backwards. We're spiritual people enjoying the natural for a lifespan whether it's 20 years, whether it's 50, whether it's 80, whether it's one of those weird ones on US, uh, on, the, on the Today Show on NBC where they get to like 107. Your lifespan is just for a moment. This is not where it ends. Life is not over at your funeral. Life continues. And we can't be distracted but here's the truth of the matter ladies and gentlemen as I pray that conviction comes on every single one of us from the preacher to the guest that's here today because I only know that I've got this moment with us here's what's kind of not scary but here's what's kind of eye-opening we're not sure if we have another Sunday together just what if Jesus was to return today my question is are you so distracted that you would miss it? Distracted with what? Making another dollar. Distracted with what? Scheduling another trip. Distracted with what, Pastor Tommy? Making sure that my my hunting season's scheduled right. Making sure that Tommy gets enough golf in before winter. Making sure that Tommy gets to, gets to, gets to, gets to, gets to. Because Tommy can get distracted real quick. So can you. But on this Sunday, That we know that we have. And that we know that we have it together. My sermon for us today. Is that don't be so distracted. With this world. That you take your eyes off eternity. Because it is the end times. For every single one of us. That are still here. Can I get an amen this morning? Second thing that. We can know that we know about the end times. We may not know when Jesus is coming, but we know people are gonna be distracted and we know that people will forget God. The end times, what do they look like? People that forgot God. What's going on in the end times? People forgetting God. Well, I thought the end times would be people coming to the Lord. No, that's after. (laughs) That's after. You've been watching too many movies. The coming of the Lord's gonna be like a thief in the night to the point where people have gotten distracted and people have forgotten God. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12 says, because iniquity shall abound, sin will be running rampant. The love of many shall wax cold. Let me share some facts with you this morning that are just absolutely astonishing. Help me with that slide. If you were born in the years 1927 to 1945, you're a part of something called the builder generation. If you were born here in the builder generation, 65% of you had a Bible-based approach to life. There were a majority of Bible-based people alive. If you were a part of the boomer generation, if you were born in the years 1946 to 1964, we've dropped At these years, we see a minority now, a minority of Christians, a minority of Bible-based believers to 35%. And then you get to my generation, 1965 to 1983. By the way, I wasn't the early end of that. 16% have a Bible-based approach to life. And then to our Bridger generation. These are our millennials. These are good people. These are students in this church. These are 20-somethings in this church. These are leaders in this church. Good people, but can I tell you something? It's dropped all the way down to 4%. Have a Bible-based approach to life. Now, can I just preach to this local church for a minute? I'm going to take a time out from this end time stuff and tell you. You don't think that, that, that it's, you know, some people think, man, why, 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 do, you set your, why do you set your services up where, where it's so tailored? A little bit of a younger deal at 11 o'clock. Why are you worried about light settings? And why are you worried about volume settings? Why are you worried about, you know, uh, different backdrops and settings and, and sounds? And because 4%, that's all we've got. That tells me there's 96% that are looking for Jesus. And they're not looking for their grandma's Jesus. They're looking for a current Jesus that understands their current life, that can meet them at their current need. Pastor Tommy, why you put so much emphasis on children's ministry? Why you got that building over there? Why are we go into $3 million debt back in, in 2009 for a building for children's ministry? Because look at the trend. Look at the trend. I don't care if we got to have jugglers up in here with zebras walking around. If it reaches somebody for Jesus Christ, it reaches somebody for Jesus Christ. Why are you so funny, Pastor Tommy? Because you tell me your nine-year-old actually likes hearing me preach. Because I ain't worried about your grandma. Because she's 65% good. She's going to heaven. I love them. Do my best to pastor them. But can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? In 2016, soon to be 17, there's no telling how far it's going to continue to drop. Why? Because we're in the end days. It's the end of time. REM once said it's the end of the world as we know it. It's coming down. It's happening before our eyes. It is happening. Have you ever been involved with a loved one, maybe at a park or a zoo or maybe standing on a mountain or down by the gulf? Have you ever told someone you love, take this in, soak this up. Oh, take it all in. We need to be taking it all in because right now we're not talking about what's going to be happening. It's happening. The good news (laughs) the exciting news is that where sin doth abound grace so much more abounds as dark as this world's becoming as sinful as our culture is becoming the grace of God can conquer and trump the worst of sin nature in man you can't go so far that Jesus can't reach you that's the good news of the end times someone clap your hands to the Lord today we don't know when Jesus is coming but we know folks are going to be distracted and we know that folks are going to continue to forget God you notice how polarized we are as a country used to we could meet in the middle we could pray even if you didn't believe in God you wanted somebody to pray Now there's hatred towards prayer. There's hatred towards faith. There's hatred towards the people of God. The end of time. Let me give you one more. People are not just gonna be distracted. People are not just gonna forget God. But if you look in your notes, people will not be ready. They're gonna be so distracted and they're gonna forget God so much so That when the end of time does come and the calling of the church does take place, there will be some not ready. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 40 says, the two shall be in the field. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. One will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour Your Lord doth come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2. Yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So if we know for certain that we'll never know what time and when he's coming. What do we know to let us know that his coming is near? People are going to be distracted. People are going to forget God. And there's going to be people that you could just tell they're not going to be ready. So what do we do in the last days? Inquiring minds want to know what do we do? Well, instead of me telling you what to do, let's look at Scripture. Scripture tells us a good game plan. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And let's look at verse number seven. But the end of all things is at hand. Be you therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Everybody get your pen and paper out. It's time to learn. What do we do in the end times? Here's your lesson for the day. Think clearly. You should be thinking clearly. Everybody, hold up your index finger, touch your little brain, and say, I need to use this. Think clearly, man. Scripture said, be sober be sober be sober you ever spent much time with a drunk (laughs) embarrass him and you you would be saying things I don't know him I have no idea who she is because they're out of their minds You want me to tell you one of the most common phrases that we use today in our culture what was he thinking did you hear so and so cheated on his wife what was he thinking did you hear so-and-so got fired for this? What was she thinking? Did you hear so-and-so did this? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? In the end of age, at the end of time, people were going to be making decisions that even you know they shouldn't have been making. The question is, are you the one making the bad decisions? Think, think, think clearly. Think clearly. How do I think clearly? The scriptures just told us, with. Prayer. How many decisions are you making daily without prayer? Seven days without prayer makes one week. W E A K. Some of y'all are like, he don't know how to spell weak. Bless his little Louisiana heart. <laughs> weak. If you go seven days without prayer, you're weak, and then you're not sober. You're not thinking clearly. You'll get into relationships you never should get into. Are you tracking with me? You'll do things you never should have done. Why? Because you weren't thinking clearly. Why was you not thinking clearly? Wasn't praying. Think clearly. Don't be that person that your family eats at Chicken Express on Sunday and says, man, I don't know what he was thinking. He should have been there to hear Pastor Tommy. What were they thinking? Be the person that thinks clearly in the last of time, the end of time, the end of days. What do you need to be doing in the end time? We don't know when Jesus is coming. But we don't want to be distracted. We don't want to be one that forgets God. And we don't want to be one that's not ready. We want to be somebody that's thinking clearly. How do I think clearly? By praying. Somebody say amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 in the New Living Translation, verse 18. I love it, I love it, I love it. For I have told you often before and I say it again with tears in my eyes. There Are many whose conduct shows that they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19. They are headed for destruction. Their God. G-O-D lowercase. Their God is their appetite. Their selfish needs and wants. Their own desires. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life is their God. Their appetite is their God. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we eagerly await his return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power which he will bring everything under his control. We are just but visitors here on this earth for those 80 something years until we go to be with the Lord on the other side in glory. Be sober, think. Clearly think on the eternal. I said it this way in the first service and I got a big amen. Let's see if we can outdo it. Think long-term thoughts. How does this decision impact my eternal life? Before you send that text, how's it gonna impact your marriage if you get caught sending it? Before you go there, how's it gonna play out in your spiritual health if he does come like a thief in the night? This is real preaching now. This is right where we're living. This is the end times. Before you say it, before you think it, before you do it, don't be so mindful of today's earth. Think big picture type of thinking. Someone got so desperate along these lines, they put a little bracelet out a couple years ago. What would Jesus do? Some of us need to go find them and bring them back. Throwback bracelet Thursday. That's what I'm talking about. We need to bring them bracelets back. WWJD. It's been a while. That kept some folks saved. Boy, they be they be they be hearing the music in the club. Well that bracelet kept some folks out of it, man. <laughs> they get that phone. Oh, look at here, look at here. Uh, delete. Uh. Some of y'all need to get that bracelet out. Put you one around your neck. Around your ankles? Man, whatever you got to do. Yes. Whatever you've got to do. Because whether we want to <sighs> come up under this conviction or not, whether you want to receive it or not, whether you want to buy the truth or not, the truth is he's coming. Amen. When? I don't know. Why didn't he tell us when? Because you would max it out to the last tick. <laughs> You'd be like, 10, No. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> you know it's true. Y'all have the ball dropping in New York. Woo-hoo! Man, listen to me, y'all. This, this I, you know, this, this, this is the kind of preaching, man. That thing is, I know Bishop Ron did for forty something years. Truth of the matter is, I won't go to heaven with you. I don't want you just like me. Some of you, I wish you would like me. But I want to go to heaven with you. And how you're going to get there is not to be so distracted making that other dollar. Going on that next hunting trip, Tommy. I want to go to heaven. Because, man, when this thing's over, God, I hope I live to be something, 80-something. That'd be great. But I don't even know if I'm here tomorrow. And, And I'm not trying to mess with you. You got to understand me, man. I'm not some, this ain't goofy to me. I'm not trying to mess with you. This may be my last sermon. I don't know that. God, I hope it's not. Cause I got some stuff I'm ready to go next week. But if it is, it, we don't know that. Miss Donna, we don't know that. You don't know if this is your last sermon to hear. You don't know that. And I'm not going to jack with you and mess with you. You know, Bishop Ron and I, we share funny story every now and then in the right context and in the right setting. Both of us have memories of them old-fashioned, hot church services where the preacher would pull every trick known to man just to get somebody to come to Jesus. Boy, be preaching sermons like this and have somebody hiding out up in the upper room and have somebody blow a trumpet. You'll pull a hamstring coming around that pew getting that altar. Huh? Huh? Them kids in this church service, what? They over there Facebooking. Lord Jesus! Not going to mess with you, but I am going to preach to you. I am going to preach to you. Nobody's going to turn the lights out in here all of a sudden, scare everybody to death, but I am going to preach to you because your lights could go out before this day is over it may not be the end times like all the prophecy people talk about but it's your end time I need to think clearly here's my other point here it's in your notes verses 8 and 9 tell me what to do in the end times is I need to focus on relationships in other words love people Love people because they're the only thing going to heaven. This jacket ain't going to heaven. Thank God this iPad ain't going to heaven. I'm going to put some oil on that thing and cast that foul spirit out of there. Call my friend Pastor Benny and breathe on it. Little iPad boy. That thing's corrupt just tells me I need a new one. <laughs> See how I worked that? I need a new one, Denora. Why, baby? Because it keeps going out, I Need a new one. <clears throat> hey, who's going to heaven? The one next to you? The one behind you? The one two or three pews up? The person you're going to carpool with in the morning? The person you're doing lunch with this week? Let's get tender for a moment. Your children, your grandbabies, your mom and your daddy, your cousin, your brother-in-law, sister-in-law, people you wave at every morning when you're dropping your kids off at school. Those aren't just people. They're candidates for heaven. May this weigh on you right now. May it just come upon you and settle on you. The only thing going to heaven are the people in your life. Want me to tell you what to do in the end times? Love people. Stop fussing. Stop fighting. Stop criticizing. Stop pointing fingers. Stop judging. You're not the judge. You're not their final say so. Stop hating. Stop spreading words that aren't true. Stop enjoying hearing what, you're, what, what others are spreading to you. It's the end times. You got one chance at this thing called life, man. Love people. Man, I can see that kind of person coming from a mile away. Somebody just wants to fight. Just wants to fuss. Just wants to complain. Just wants to argue. Just something. Just anything. How you doing today? Don't ask me anything. I ain't doing worth anything. You know you're not better. Ask me. That. I am sorry. You ain't sorry. You are sorry. Actually, you sorry. Whoa. Be the person everybody says. Thank God, here they come. Tell me I can make it. Tell me it's gonna be okay. High five me. Hug me. Love me. Don't shoot me down. Encourage me. Pat me on the back. Come on, somebody. People, the only thing going to heaven. This is what the Bible says about it. Check it out, real quick. Love people. Focus on relationships. Verses eight and nine. Above all things, have fervent charity. This is back to 1 Peter. Among yourselves, for charity. Everybody say, love. love. Love covers a multitude. Of sins. I love verse number nine. Somebody get this down in your spirit. Use hospitality. Host what matters most. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Man, you ought to take somebody to lunch today and buy it. And if you can't buy it, we got financial peace going on this fall. Verses 10 and 11, you should make a difference. Make a difference. Find your purpose. It happens, it's 1222. It's gonna happen in about 1235, right behind this wall at growth track. Find your purpose. They're gonna feed you and they're gonna help you find your purpose. Growth track, today, 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 not, not today. Go right today. Find your purpose and give God a chance to use you in the last days. Last but not least, as I close, you need to receive God's grace. What do I do in the last days, Pastor Tommy? Receive God's grace. What does that mean, Pastor Tommy? Find him while he can yet be found. Isaiah 55 and I'm gonna read it to you from the NLT and then I'm gonna read it to you from the message and I close if Jeff can come help me here. Here's how it reads in the NLT. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while, he's in, while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Check it out in the message somebody. It's my last scripture. Check this out. Seek God while he's here to be found. Pray to him While he's close at hand, let the wicked abandon their way of life and their evil, their way of thinking. Let them come back to God, who is merciful. Come back to our God, who is lavish with forgiveness. Everybody wants to know when Jesus is coming. They write books. They look on the schedule and the calendar from all different perspectives. And I think it's really cool that people have interest in that. But I think all of us should have an interest in how to meet Jesus when he does come. Today, right here, right now, not going to have you stand right where you're seated in the comfort of that church pew. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you need to come back to Jesus, this is as old-fashioned as you'll ever hear it said. If Jesus was to return right this moment, are you ready? If you need to come back to Jesus Christ, whether you're 60, or whether you're 12, that's irrelevant to me. Whether you're a faithful church attender, I don't mind that. That has nothing to do with what I'm asking. I'm asking you, are you ready to meet Jesus? Jesus. if you need to have Jesus come into your heart and come in to stay lift your hand quickly I want to pray for you if you had the courage to lift your hand I want you to have the courage to leave it up wow my goodness gracious thank you Holy Spirit this is as real as it gets I know some of you are nervous right now because you think I'm going to have you do so many different things. I'm not going to have you do anything. You're already doing it. So relax and take a deep breath and enjoy this moment because right now, right in this moment, something's happening in your heart that you've wanted to happen for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Lift up your hand if if you haven't yet lifted it. Here's, here's your moment. Because I'm about to pray over you, and I'm believing that my words mixed with your words and your faith, I'm believing right now that your name's about to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on, get the courage to lift it up. I know your arm's getting tired, but think about this with me. So be it. So be it. If your hand's lifted up, these are just my words. You're gonna have to put your faith with it and you're gonna have to open up your own mouth. All I can do as a pastor is help you get started. Dear Lord Jesus, I have heard the gospel preached. I know that you died for my sins and I know that you're returning again. I've gotten distracted. I've lost my way but I repent of my sins and I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I ask you to forgive me of my sin and I ask you right now to give me the courage to follow you and to follow you with everything in me. Lead me to the waters of baptism. Lead me to the empowerment that comes only from the Holy Ghost. Change my life forever. But on this, the 18th of September, 2016, I'm done doing it my way. I'm done walking in my own life. And I'm giving everything over to you, Jesus. Because I don't know when you're coming back, but when you do, I want to be ready. I don't want to be left behind in my own selfish, sinful ways. I don't want to be so silly to think it's never going to happen because I don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. So I want to secure things right now and I want it to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Receive me. Forgive me. What's happening is something you can't see with your own eyes, but right now in the Spirit, God's arms are being put around you, forgiving you of every nasty, foul, dark sin of this world. And He's loving you just as you are. And he's asking you to just come closer to him and let him be the father that you've always wanted to lead you to heaven. I bless you today in Jesus' name.